Hello friends, it is Emma and Kate again for A Voice for the Voiceless. Today, Emma has a story for us. Uh, Before we jump right in, we'll share some of our quippy, funny, happy stories that we have from this week. So do you have any funny stories from this week, Emma? Not really. No? <laughs> I wish I did. I mean, I'm shocked because you do work with really littles and they're always silly. I mean, they said they left their brain at home. That I mean, me too, funny. every day. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I was like, okay. So but. we had this crazy week where they got an early release day on Thursday and all of Friday off because the county fair was here, which I've never lived anywhere like this. <laughs> it's so weird to me. But so my oldest went to have a sleepover Friday evening at his friend's house. And he was like, Mom, did you know there's a tropical storm coming? And I was like, oh, hmm, no, had no clue. And... I was just doing my normal evening stuff with my youngest one here. Like, we ordered a special dinner and watching special shows, talking on the phone with my husband. And then once I got off the phone, I was like, oh, they told me a tropical storm was coming. I should probably plug my phone in because it was like 40%. Mm -hmm. As soon as I plugged it in, power gone. (laughs) I was like, no! And then also I was watching... This six-part series on Netflix called Dear Child. Very Uh spooky and mysterious, and I highly recommend it, but you do have to read subtitles because it's from Germany. Okay. So I was, like, five minutes from the end of the sixth episode where they do the whole wrap-up synopsis, tie up the mystery, power gone. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was like, ah, no charged phone, no end of show. And... (laughs) So I'm like, okay, it'll come. And we really rarely lose it for very long here. So I'm like, it'll be back. It's fine. It was almost 24 hours. Oh, no. I know. So I kept having to, like, go charge my phone and my other son's phone in my car. And the friend's house my other kiddo was at, same neighborhood. It's a really big neighborhood. But they mm-hmm. didn't lose power, so he was fine. He was a happy little clam. <laughs> um <laughs> So then I, the next day my husband gets home, still no power, and I go pick up my oldest from his sleepover, still no power, and it's getting to be like twilight time. So I'm bebopping around, lighting all the candles I dug out, and I'm lighting one in my living room, and I'd left a lamp on in the opposing corner behind me, so if it turned back on, we'd know, and if no obvious noises or anything happened. And I turn around, and it's super bright, and I'm like wow, I'm really good at lighting candles. <laughs> it's so bright. <laughs> and then I, like, focus, and the lamp's on, and I was like, oh, my God, we have electricity! <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm so, all this experience taught me is I am a big wuss. I'm not built for camping. <laughs> I'm not that human being. I need my creature comforts. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd be the same way. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I even tried to take a shower thinking, maybe the hot water heater, like, 
stored the water and it didn't i don't know how okay i don't know how it works it, it did not work by the way it was cold i took a cold shower <laughs> you stayed in there i would have been the minute it was cold i was like nope nope i'll just i'm by myself it's okay <laughs> well i guess to be more it was more like it was tepid so i like okay. scrub 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 and got out <laughs> okay <laughs> I was just wondering, like, because I would be right out. Like, yeah. No. no, it wasn't, like, frigid cold, but it was definitely not the hot shower I was hoping for. Yeah. I had a kind of similar, not as far as, like, uh, you know, tropical storm, but my oldest was at a sleepover, too, and I, my husband was working all night, so I had just my, me and my baby, and we were doing, you know, special dinner and watching shows, and I was like, wow, we're very similar night. But you had electricity, way to rub it in. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Way to rub it in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should get um, right into this story. Oh, I'm scared because I, uh, you gave me little quips about what it might be about, and I know it's going to be sad. Um, yeah, I'm, it is going to be sad, but um, I think what in the end, what happened from it, I think was a good thing. Okay. I mean, um, any silver lining. Yeah. So I'm going to be covering another disappearance. I know. I'm like. <laughs> You're the disappearance queen. All the I know. I have to tell you before you jump in. I uh-huh. was just trying to figure out what I'm researching next. And I came across another starvation one. I'm like, I literally just did that. I'm going to be the starvation person. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that you were showing me? Uh pictures of or you're telling me of i think there was a no you know what i was on tiktok and i saw one of a starvation and the girl melted into the the couch oh, so i was no. wondering if that was you now this was a different horrific i mean a, still horrific but not in that manner yeah so anyway i'm gonna get to a disappearance i know i just i don't know just, I, as a parent i don't ever want to lose my babies never so. ever just seeing all these disappearance, I want them found. Mm-hmm. I just want them all found. For sure. <clears throat> so, I don't have much background. I'm covering the di- disappearance of Eaton. Eaton? Eaton? Pat's. Eton? Was it Eton? Eton. Eton. Yeah, we, we, you Googled it for me. And yeah. That's our best guess. Correct us if we're guess. wrong. <clears throat> and every source I looked at focused on the disappearance. So, I don't have any background on this this child which kind of sucks because i would have liked to know if he liked to play baseball or you know even though he's only six six six-year-olds do have hobbies yeah um so i didn't really find any background but i do know that he was born on october 9th 1972 to a stanley and julie pat pats in new york city new york he had a brother and a sister from at the time of his disappearance you okay me? Yeah. I'm yeah. good. I was staring at my kids. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that's all the background I really could find. Where he was born, and he had a sister and a brother, and whose parents were. So I, I'll get back. I'll get straight to the kind of what happened. Okay. So it happened on May 25th, 1979. Eaton, Eton was um, six years old when he, this happened. And it was in the morning of May 25th. Um, to give a little context, uh, Eaton lived on at a 113 Prince Street and in New York. And he begged his mom to let him go to the bus stop by himself. He had never done it at this point. His mom always took him. But he begged this day. He's like, please let me go by myself. <clears throat> I know. And his mom was very weary. 
I mean, and his, both his parents were worried, but she let him go. And so he's going to the bus stop that was only two blocks away. Not very far. Uh, I know my, my daughter's bus stop's two blocks away, so I could see the bus, you know, the bus stop, mm-hmm. so it's not very far. And and it was, the bus stop was at West Broadway Street. So that's where he was, lived on Prince Street, and the, the bus stop was in Broadway Street. At the time of his disappearance, he was going to school in a, a little uh, black future flight captain pilot cap, a blue quarterish jacket, blue jeans, blue sneakers with Florence stripes on, on it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this little boy is so cute. Aww. Little future flight captain pilot cap. So oh. cute. And it's such that age group that would would think to I'm I'm wearing this special outfit that showcases what I'm interested in or want what I want to grow up to be or yeah yeah I can't remember what Rosie wrote or um at the time but uh I know she did wear those kind of things mm-hmm. um so we he went he left to to go to the bus stop but we found out that he actually never got on that bus he was intending to get on him so at the time, the te- the teacher at the school noticed that she he wasn't in attendance, but she never reported it. Oh, she that's didn't, weird. But they must yeah. have had much different policies back then. That's what I wrote on my notes. They probably had different policies. They probably, like, for me, for attendance, I have to tell them by 845, and mm-hmm. I started at 8, 8 o'clock, that who's not there. So yes, I wonder even- if they had... Yeah, you too. Yeah, even when I substitute, I have to report what child is actually in my class by a certain time. If I do not, they're calling the room or sending someone to me. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, like, in 1979, you didn't have to say anything to the end of the day? Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe and- it was one of those things where if the teacher or school became concerned, then they reached out to the parents directly or something? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, so like I like we both you know said they probably didn't have the same kind of rules we did mm-hmm. as we do now. And I say that because I don't blame the teacher. I don't know if she ever felt like she was. No, you know, and you don't have much guilty. background, so we don't know if he commonly missed or was frequently ill or yeah, if it was outside the norm for her to even have a red flag. Yeah, exactly. So. It was then when Eaton Eaton didn't return home after school that his mother panicked. Mm-hmm. She immediately called the police, and now I don't know why the police thought it was his. Uh, so the family was considered the suspects at the time initially. They thought that they were the reason for the disappearance. But if she immediately called the the police on this experience, why would you suspect them? Like, it doesn't make sense in my head. Like, why would I tell the police my son's gone just for immediately? Because that, that would put suspicion on me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get why the police that is strange. Would... Anyway, so they um, they initially thought it was them, but they quickly realized that they had no involvement in his disappearance. And this, the police went straight away to work. They went on search with dogs and a team of people. Good. And, yeah. And they put up posters and um, hardly leads, hardly any leads came from that effort, which was really sad. So can I interject a side note? Mm-hmm. I, this was 1979, you said? 
Mm-hmm. So I was curious how the mom would have contacted the police. And New York City did launch their 911 system in July of 1968. So she would have had easy access to get help. Yeah, she probably called. That was in New York City. Was Were they the one first ones to do it? I don't know if they were first, but it says July of 1968. They enabled the public uh, dial 911 for a police response. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't remember... I know when I was a kid, nine one one, but I don't remember my dad telling me about him having a call. He had to call a local, a local number for the police. Mm-hmm, That's pretty been, cool. And I do think I don't know if New York City was the first, but I believe nineteen sixty eight or late nineteen sixties was when nine one one was initiated. Um. So yeah, he, they called the police and, and through probably nine one one. Uh, and um. Anyway, so she, I got a little sidetracked. Uh, his dad was a, a photographer, so she he had some great photos of him. And he had printed them on the posters and put them everywhere, but they also printed on milk cartons. He was one of the first kids oh, that were nice. on the milk cartons. I mean, not mm-hmm. nice, but I'm glad they had that resource. Yes. Um, so there was never any lead, really that many leads, and he was never found and legally declared dead on June 19, 2001. Oh. Yeah. And you just so, gave me goosebumps. I know. It's really sad. I mean, um, <clears throat> after all that effort, you know, never having any kind of closure and and to have to co- declare him dead. That's just... Yeah. I know we've said it on so many of our episodes that as much as terrible news of finding remains or something mm-hmm. would kill my soul, the not knowing would be killing it every day anyway. Yeah. I agree. It would just, I don't know. The not knowing is just too hard. So go this, let's go to theories and suspects. Um, initially, they suspected a Jose Ramos. Remote Ramos? A, I hope I'm saying it right. Ramos? I'm not Ramos? I, Ramos? Yeah. <laughs> um, he was a friend of Eaton's former babysitter, and he had been accused of sexual molestation of young boys. Oh. Yeah, he was gross. Um, so they, that's why they initially suspect, suspected him. But he, uh, and in 1991, a jailhouse informant told the FBI agent that Ramos had told him that he knew what happened to Eaton. And Ramos even drew a map of Eaton's school bus route, indicating that he knew Eaton's bus stop was the third one on the route. So he was a prime suspect in the disappearance, but he had never uh, admitted to it. He never said that it was him. And in the early 1980s, authorities were unable to prosecute him because they didn't have any um, evidence or any, you know, really any anything to prosecute him. Um, so the uh, because they couldn't prosecute him, the family pursued a civil case against him, and they actually won. Oh wow! Yeah, they got. They, I, I say they got. And quotations, but they were awarded $2 million, but never saw a penny of that well, money. I don't suppose someone in his position has much to give. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's very common. They they win the civil case and never the, never see a penny of it. No, yeah. Um, so Jose Ramos had never been convicted of Eden's disappearance and murder. However, he did serve 20 years in prison in the state correctional institution in Dallas, Pennsylvania for child molestation. Oh. Yeah. What a gross. Yeah. 
He was released from prison on in November 2012, but was arrested shortly again for a violation. So, Ew, um, just a gross human. Yeah, he's disgusting. So I understand why he would be a a prime suspect. <clears throat> but in May 2012, 51-year-old uh, Pedro Hernandez of Mabel Shade, New Jersey, had confessed to strangling Eaton. Uh, he stated in his written confession to the police, I'm sorry, I shook him. <gasps> yeah. I don't know why. It didn't say why he decided to confess. Maybe he's just had the guilt got it to him or mm-hmm. what. I don't know. It didn't say in any of my sources why he chose to confess. But he took him because Eaton had a dollar and had told his parents that he had planned to buy a soda to drink with his lunch. So he took him because he had money. I mean, I know inflation is a thing and that a dollar was worth far more in 1979. Mm-hmm. But surely not enough to warrant harming a child. Yeah. Because I don't think there is a dollar amount that could make me harm a child. Yeah. Well, that's because we have a conscious, <laughs> a moral compass. <laughs> I feel like that the dollar in 1979 would be the equivalent of someone offering us $20 to do that. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe $10. So, I didn't, but anyway, it's not worth No, but you could offer me 20 k and I'd be like, mm, how about y'all? Yeah. yeah, you write the check. I'll be over here calling not 911 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel like the people are crazy, and there's I don't know evil. why people, they're evil. So I mean, we've heard some stories of why they've done things for less. I mean, it's just awful. But he was 18 years old at the time, so probably his frontal lobe still not developed, and well, he's for sure making stupid mistakes. And I'm not justifying justifying it. I'm just saying it, it was young and stupid. Yeah. Um, Hernandez was 18 years old. He was a convenience store worker in the neighborhood, and he claims he threw Eden's remains in the garbage, and so he was charged with second-degree murder. So they did charge someone? Yes, in 2012, yes. So, um, the, so they tried in the 80s to get uh, Ramos, and they couldn't. And right. It wasn't until 2012 that they charged something, somebody. And then in 2004, um, no. The 2004 judgment against the initial person we talked about, Ramos, mm-hmm. he, um, they decided to throw out against him, dismiss the uh, the charges and dismiss the money because uh, Hernandez confessed to the killing. Right. So because um, they figured out he wasn't responsible for their son's death. He still was not a great human. Yeah disgusting human who ugh, it yeah. just grosses me out that ugh. that he's a lot anyway <laughs> um both of them disgust me for a dollar and a pervert pervert ugh. yeah anyway um this is what i was talking about what happened in the end um in 1983, the 25th anniversary of his disappearance was designated National Missing Child Children's Day in the United States in a tribute to spread worldwide awareness about children's disappearances. And then the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children coordinates to help bring them home campaigns in 22 countries in conjunction with International Missing Children's Day. So because of his anniversary, they designated a day 
Missing Children's Day to bring awareness. You're actually making me have leaky eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry. You're going to make me cry. I try so hard. I'm here to ruin it for you. <laughs> so because of his disappearance, it brings awareness and hopefully we could bring these kids home. Yeah. They need to come home. Or have so. answers at least. And answers. So that's um, the story of Eaton Pat. Pat's. Pat. You did really well, <laughs> even though it was a very, very sad story. And I'm glad we could shed light on it. And like you said, there was the silver lining that they founded the, what was the holiday called? The fir- the National Missing Children's Day in the United States. And then the worldwide, it's the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Day. And so they coordinate to help bring them home, a oh, campaign. I love it. I mean, I don't love that it has to exist, but I love that there's something bringing awareness. Yep. Well, thank you, Emma. I know yeah. that was not an easy story to tell. It was not an easy one to hear. You made my eyeballs leak. <laughs> Until next time, I don't know for sure. What I'm going to research, or I would give a little preview. Otherwise, I guess we'll all be surprised because I haven't chosen yet. <laughs> We're always surprised. <laughs> what do we maybe, do next? Maybe I can make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I I try to hold it together when somebody else is crying. Then I, when you guys are gone, I just start bawling. Oh, I, I'll find you a special stuffy to hug after we record. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Until next time, friends. Goodbye. Bye.